Hello, everybody. This is Captain Katz. Welcome back to the show. And here with me via Skype is Omega Kai. It's via Sally, via Skype. Uh, yes, I'm here. Yes. <laughs> okay. So let's start the show. Okay. So there's been a couple of big news, uh, big news that came out over the week. Um, first and foremost, uh, let's do a little quick one right here. And it's about everyone's favorite assassin, Keanu Reeves and John Wick. Um, Nine um, released a press release stating that um, uh, released a uh, press release stating that um, John Wick was pushed back um, about an entire year. So originally, it was supposed to be released on May twenty first, twenty twenty one, but they pushed it to the new date, which is May twenty seventh, twenty twenty two. That year's Memorial Day weekend. The reason why they pushed it back is because there was a scheduling conflict with The Matrix 4, which Keanu was four weeks in into filming before the whole coronavirus thing shut down uh, production of it. So uh, what do you think of that? Uh, I, know, I know it's still early. I know we're not even in 2021 yet, but we're still, you know, but they're pushing it to 2022. Uh, what do you think of that? It's fine. It's uh, misunderstanding. It's one of those things where you can't help him. Especially mm-hmm. if he's only human. He can't really do a, should I say, like Andy Lau, where there's 20 films a day for, you know, 70s, 60s Shaw Brothers, where a director yeah. would do like seven films a day directing. Do scene one from movie three, do scene three from movie five, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also production value, Matrix and uh, John Wick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you gotta give him time. You, 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 you want the best. Yeah. Don't ask for lemonade, man. That's all I gotta say. Ask for that margarita. <laughs> yeah. And if you guys want to get your fix of Keanu Reeves, just remember uh, Cyberpunk 2077 is coming out later this year in September. So if you want to see him being portrayed as Johnny Silverhand, um, if you have an Xbox One, PlayStation 4, or PC, uh, put your reserve. Uh, put your pre-order now for the reserve of the game, and you'll get your Keanu Reeves fix for this year. My um, theory, mm-hmm. Keanu Reeves, by the way, that he's actually John Mnemonic, realizing he's a Neo from the Matrix, and he's coming back. This time, he needs a weapon. <laughs> I'm not that far off. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. And then Rufus comes down, <laughs> mm-hmm. and tells him he needs an adventure with. Uh, yeah, Yeah. And then um, other news that's coming out of uh, Hollywood is the battle between AMC and Universal. So uh, for many of you who don't know what's going on between the two, um, it's all because of uh, a little film that came out three weeks ago called Trolls World Tour. Uh, it did, it made history, Universal made history by releasing it um simultaneously on home on home release through uh pvod or premium video on demand and also box office open weekend so in three weeks the film made a hundred a hundred million dollars in three weeks on the pvod alone and reported by wall street journal that it took the last film in the Trolls uh, series, took them five months 
to reach that number. Yeah. Yeah, it's good news. I mean, good news for Universal. Good news right. for the people who made the film. And it's kind of obvious that you say that, it's, you know, they made, they made $100 million. No, no, no. You, you got to think the other way. Consumer saved $500 million. We're not buying popcorn. It's, right. Pretty much. That's, that's what it is. It's, uh, I, I think it's a bonus, to be honest. Especially that kind of film. You want the best quality. I think with computers, you know, generating stuff. Mm-hmm. 4K especially. I mean, tough for AMCs, for moviegoers who loves them. But I'm not going to dog Universal doing what they had to do. And it's been proven that it worked. Yes. It, literally, this is the litmus test. Watching a movie live at home works. Yeah. And uh, for many of you who don't know, um, you uh, if you decide to get Trolls at home, World Tour at home, it's going to cost you at least $20, I think 20 to $30. You keep it for 48 hours. You can watch as many times as you want for 48 hours. Nice. Have a party. Pretty much. So basically, okay, so it's like this. Here in California, uh, just two tickets alone, two adult tickets to go see any movie is like almost 20, almost 20, 25 bucks alone. You know, it depends if it's you know um, I'm being anal about it. it I always go with the cheap hours, not the mm -hmm. manly hours. If yeah, that's the price for the cheap hours, by the way. Yeah. You can show that we don't go <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, we don't go and to then, opening night. Um, yeah, you just go to opening night, and then um, and plus on top of that too, you know, you want popcorn, you want candy, you want soda. That all adds up. You know, yeah. so for the average. Uh, two people to go to the theaters today, you know, to add food and everything, and plus tickets. That's roughly almost about fifty to sixty bucks. Mm -hmm. And also the gas costs, even not riding public transportation, plus the fact that you know, COVID nineteen. So right. So yeah. So yeah. why? Yeah. So why spend? Okay. So to do all that, add gas and everything like that. So let's say let's just round it up to eighty dollars. Okay, just to go to see a movie. Yes. Why would I want to spend all that money if I can just rent the film for thirty bucks and and go to the store, or if I already have it at home, like a bag of popcorn, or just make fresh popcorn, or uh, grab any snack I want and just chill on my couch, relax, enjoying it with no then, other people there. Even then, you just order food and it's cheaper. <laughs> In the wrong way, popcorn is like a pizza. The same value price, but mm -hmm. pizza better. But yep. to be honest, it's the only benefit the factor. Of the, you know, the only thing I benefit from it the most is time. I don't gotta wait in line. I don't wait yeah. for the hour to be shown. I just pick the time along, watch it, and watch it. Mm -hmm. So yeah. that alone is worth is worth it, and especially in a low discount. To be mm -hmm. honest, I, I want to pay more, but hopefully, don't don't figure out that I'm going to pay more. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? A good deal is a good deal. You, you, want, you, know, you, want, you know, shut up a little bit on it. Mm -hmm. And and so AM, yeah, and then AMC, who who has been reported uh, by some time already that they that they are not going to file bankruptcy. They're on the verge of bankruptcy, but they do not want to file bankruptcy, according to numerous reports. Um. <laughs> They are going to blacklist. They're going to blackball Universal Films 
even though they're only even though they've already made deals with them for two upcoming films later this year. Yeah, also um, the old films too. Any universal old films cannot be played mm-hmm. in AMC. Yeah. So regardless of whoever wins the battle, the consumer is going to benefit from this. I, I want to know consumers. They can they benefit from the universal movie, obviously, and universal benefit from that. Yes. Working class and the people who work in the AMC theaters is about what uh, eighty thousand personnel, give mm-hmm. or take. Last time I checked. Right. They might be hindered. Also, you know, COVID nineteen, and they're not working anyway. And now, if this goes under, they're not be returning to work. They're returning to like maybe an empty, non-public place. Also, it takes time for people to transition back into you know, public and social gathering again. So, right. AMC is hurting bad on this. It is. It really yeah. is. But you know, blackballing. I'm really against that. It's, it's, Maybe because it um, was Chinese, you know, Chinese funded, and that practice of you know blacklisting, blackballing. Mm-hmm. I don't even watch that episode of Seinfeld. <laughs> name, name, names. The Chinese mm-hmm. restaurant. It's, it's yeah. actually the playing out an effect and a little bit shady business dealing between the government of China and mm-hmm. also the person who purchased majority share of AMC, which he supposedly sold but can't cash out to twenty twenty three. I think. Mm. For less, he was a big loss. Right. I think 300 million loss, approximately. Jeez, man, man, that's crazy. Yeah, I, I did some research. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, Mike, right, so, so, what do I think of this whole situation? Yeah, I mean, um, what do you think? Blackballing. Okay, well, so I, I, you know, blackballing, I, I, it's bad. It, it's bad from a business point of view because. Now, who wants to do business with them, seeing what's going on, you know? Um, Not only that, too, but also um, there are also rumors and speculation, too, that they might get bought out by uh, Synopolis as well. So those are Synopolis. Thank you. Um, But those are rumors going on right now. But it does. But it does um, back up that uh, numerous reports saying that. They don't want to file bankruptcy, AMC. But my my hope is Sinopolis not buy them out. We just buy the real estate out and revamp it. Mm-hmm. It's better to them to invest on the real estate than the actual company. I, I think. Mm, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of what uh, Kmart did when he went under, uh-huh. and they had all that real estate. Wow. They. They, you know, sold it and or they kept it and ran them out. They actually made a lot of money from it, more than the actual retail business. That's true. True. It's Sears now, or Burlington Coat Factory, or whatever store they decided took over. And mom and pop, ironically, local stores that took over. Yeah, like uh, I know for a fact, two Kmart's that I used to uh, go to. They're both WalMarts yeah. now. Yeah, unless they sold that, you know, property to them. Or yeah. you know, when I, I used to go to it was like a Burlington Coal Factory next to a um, Northgate. Oh, okay. I know which one you're talking about. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, moving right along to the next topic. Um, some news out of Japan. Uh, one of the famous uh, manga art contests is actually opening its doors internationally. Uh, the 100th annual Tezuko Manga Contest, um, Tenzuko, 
um, manga contest for the first time ever. It's going to be opening its doors internationally for international artists to be um, entering um, entering into to be manga creators, to getting their foot into the industry. Um, it was reported. It was reported by a press release via Shonen Jump. Because Shonen Jump is uh, also uh, one of the head people, uh, head companies that actually run this uh, contest, says that they are that the international people who want to participate in this can start submitting things as of last of this past Friday, May first. Uh, last day of submission will be uh, September first in Japan time on midnight. So, and they're only having first, second, and an honorary mention. Whoever wins first place gets 2 million yen. Um, their work, uh, a signed contract so their work can be published either digital or um, print. Second place will win 1 million yen uh, and also getting their work uh, published digital or print. And the honorable mention will just get half a million. And all three, and all three uh, contestant winners from the international point of view will be invited to go to the award ceremony later this year in Japan, in Tokyo, Japan. Um, so what do you think of this? And this is the first time this um, contest has opened its doors up to the international um, mar- uh, to the international artists around the world. So what do you think of that? My submission. <laughs> this is like, <laughs> well, honestly, if I would submit some art work to this, I will submit a, an anime style, a storytelling of how a person who's a young artist try and make it big, and then suddenly there's a miraculous tournament of anime artists out there in Japan open for colors for the first time in history. Story ended, and it will plays itself out. So it's itself is you know it's also a good manga series <laughs> to be honest. It's, <laughs> One of those things where it's like oh, Dragon Ball Z motif, Tournament of Champions. So it's it's I like it. It's 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 playing to the classical you know arc of uh, having a contest, best in the world, and the underdog wins. Hopefully, right. it'd be some guy with no arms or legs. To be honest, I, I'm going for somebody who who really could show something more than just good artwork. It's just the good methodology of it. I, if he could. Somehow, just revamp like Renaissance style into anime style, or you know, combine something that never been seen before, and create a new type of artistic, maybe a fusion of manga and whatever, some ancient, you know, Egyptian art or something. You know, there's something mm-hmm. that hope uh, it's it's it, it, it breeds more creativity. Right. So yeah, and then okay, okay. okay um, is it, um, is it old-fashioned rule pen paper coloring or computer um, can be used you can di- you can send it um no you can s- you can send your work uh digitally the um there's a website where we actually i'm going to post the website and also the article about this uh this upcoming tuesday at captain cats and the night writer uh website um where you can they'll, they'll have the information how to submit it you can submit it fr- uh, from digital and even if you need to translate it from English to Japanese, or they have a built-in translator um, that you can translate your work, oh, okay. or it will, or it, it will help you how to write it in in Japanese. So you would send two copies: the original copy and also the translated copy. Um, okay. And not only that, and not only that too, but also the judges this year 
are actually some of the big names in anime and well, in, in in the manga industry right now. Akira Toyama. Yes. Yes. Uh, That's what I'm trying to think of. Yeah. <laughs> um, him. Uh, the creator of My Hero Academia, the creator of One Piece, the creator of Slam Dunk, uh, the creator of, yeah, Slam Dunk, the basketball one. Mm-hmm. I know. Uh, the, crea- the creator of Blue Exodus and also the Osuma production. Um, named The Osuma Tetsuka uh, production is named after the father of all manga, Osuma Tetsuka, the creator of Astro Boy. Okay. How about the so big the- dog? He going to be there himself? The Miyazaki? No, uh, Miyazaki. You... Yeah, Miyazaki yeah. won't be there, but there's going to be those judges, and also both the editors in chief of Shonen Jump and Sh- and Weekly Shonen Jump and the Digital Shonen Jump. Okay. So. Yeah. So they're going to be doing all the judging. Yeah, it's a big event. I, I just it was kind of hard because it's not really a social gathering. It's going to be an online submission, so mm-hmm. it's no no drama of seeing. The creator behind the work. You might see a picture of him or a Skype or something, but it's kind of hard. Yeah. You know, you want to showcase, you want to meet the person kind of thing. Yes. Is it is only particular to manga style or could you be like a different type of like style? Um, from the international point of view, I don't know. I haven't, uh, they haven't given out any more information on that, but they say um, sometime later in May, they're going to they're going to do a um, YouTube video uh, to clarify all the rules and everything and um, the do's and don'ts of submission and what yeah. what are they looking for. So, okay, because I was thinking um, if they exclude somebody like a Todd McFarlane or a Jim Lee, who happens mm-hmm. not to be, you know predominantly manga style, yeah, that would be lost to the art you know community. So. Hopefully it's open for everybody. Uh, manga esque, I'll take. Yeah, I'll, I'll take one of the rules, but not like the you know the, the, I guess the law, but right. But it's one of those things. It's, it's subjective. It's it's a it's a torment of champions. So <laughs> yeah. And then um, yeah, so moving right along. So well, but before we move right along to um, anybody who is going to enter this. Uh, this tournament or this contest, uh, we wish you the best of luck and hope fortune lays smiles upon you, the, the, whoever wins. So moving right along from anime, we're going to go to video games. So this week, a game that hasn't had a sequel in almost 30 years uh, just got a sequel released this week, uh, Streets of Rage 4. Now, uh, Omega Kai and I have both played it. Uh, we still play it. Uh, what do you think of it? Well, tell me what you think of it. You kind of know what I feel. Yeah. Okay. Honestly, I think, okay. Honestly, I think it is a great game. It's a game of a year contender. I honestly believe that because it brings back everything what made Streets of Rage 1, 2, and 3 great, especially 2 and 3. Well, especially 1 and 2. Three was three was all right. There was a little hiccups here and there in that one, but it was still good nevertheless. Um, they took all the goodness, all the great stuff that made those three games great and brought them over and reinvented and gave up the right tweaks and adjustments that they needed to pol- and polishing to make it feel like, okay, this, this series can still um, 
can still play with the big boys and, and girls of gaming in 2020. And they did a great job. The, 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 the companies that, that worked on it did a phenomenal job on this game. Um, it's like part beat them up, part fighting game because of the juggling combos. Like literally, there I have never seen a beat 'em up game that you can actually do juggle combos, air combos. And wall bomb combos and stuff. There's yeah. It's yeah. more to it than that. It's yeah, it's more in depth than it was once was, I guess. Yeah. But you know, like like you said, I'm playing it right now, by the way. That's how that's my answer. <laughs> <laughs> I can't and first of all, deal what you said. Um, mm -hmm. The mechanics more in depth than I thought it would be. Yeah. What about those air combo juggles and the fact that you pick your style of attack to a mid range, short range. You do a bound combo. You know, there's some bread and butter combos that you use. That's mm -hmm. mostly a fighting game kind of thing. You know. Yeah. yeah. And the fact that there's modes where you just four player battle mode. Which is good, and I'm hoping eventually this becomes like a a smash type game, you know, or a fighting game in general. It's the lore is still there. The bad guys and the good guys pretty much the same about numbers. So you just made right. them into the thing that got me the most was nostalgia. It, it's the nostalgia of not the old game, nostalgia that it was something brand new, and that they brought you know they brought something to the table more than just Final Fight back in the days. This is this is kind mm -hmm. of you know, the reason. This game was made, just to be honest, was to compete with Final Fight. And the, the yeah. Final Fight had issues because all the console release were horrible. I mean, everybody remember the console release of Final Fight 1 on, on was it, Super Nintendo? Yeah, you only had one character. And then they actually made a Final Fight for the character that couldn't you know, put in the game that's, that's for Final Fight 2, which is Final yeah. Fight God. So, yeah, Final Fight kind of flopped it. But what Sega did was made this game. And they kind of like, hey, you know what? We could put like two players here. We, we can do it. We just have three players, you know. Just don't overthink it. Just put me and then come basics. And yeah. it, it, it made sure that we could have fun with friends. It's just one of those games. And the yeah. fact that we all need something new as it, this one comes up, it, it felt good. It's like, oh, I'm not, I'm okay. It's not the one I'm used to, but I like the fact that uh, it's, it's brand new and something new to the table. Mm hmm. Plus, I remember some of the bosses. <laughs> They're back. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, when I saw some of the bosses, like the old school bosses, I was like, oh, man, I, I remember that one. I remember this. I remember that, you know. A, a, lot of, a lot of, yeah, like a lot of memories were coming back to me when I was playing this. Yeah. But you know those ripoffs they have? <laughs> I forgot how that the, the original game was uh, was making fun of Final Fight so much. Oh, look, mm. that version of Poison. Wearing M. Bison costume. You know, back in the day, <laughs> they didn't play with that. Yeah. The yeah. <laughs> and then you see a guy in a green suit and a, show, a turtle shell with some knee pads. Like, he's a Ninja Turtle costume guy. And the, the purple Mohawks back, the Kung Fu yeah. guy. The new guys, I have nothing against them. They're brand new, but they remind me of like the henchman from Shaolin Soccer. The guy keeps his hand in his pocket. <laughs> it's something. It's, it's it's fun. It's it's like there's stuff you gotta look for. That's a little bit of Easter eggs and stuff. Yeah. But game gameplay, yeah. no, gameplay mechanic wise, I, I, to be honest, I haven't scratched the surface. It's just like that. Yeah, same here. I agree with you. Like I haven't even like I uh, like 
I know there's so much more I can do in this game, and I haven't even like mm-hmm. spent time in the laboratory and picked this game apart yet. You know, um, um, another thing too about this game is that so much Easter eggs and so much things to unlock. Yeah. You know, and the replay, the replay, the replayability of this game is on a, on a high level, kind of like what Doom Eternal did. Uh, the replay value of that game was is also on a high level. So this is um, like both Doom Eternal and um, Streets of Rage Four. Great games. Open ended game, and it's only about twelve stages, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't exact, but either way, it's one of those things where it's like this. It should be you know one and done kind of thing. Like you, you want to go watch a movie just to watch it, and you know not gonna. Probably buy the series or anything like that. Right. It's, it's great. It's a great game and it's worth free, the replay value, like you said. Yeah. Can I ask you a question? Do what? Can I ask you one question? Yeah, sure. Okay, when the game came out, right, it was missing one player. That would be my favorite. And I was so pissed. But then when I finally got to that point where he's unlockable, oh my God. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was so, I was, you know, I was, I was so glee. I was like, oh man, what? that's my guy. Like, you know, I'm talking about Adam. Yeah. So I was so happy. At first, I was kind of mad that he wasn't in all the, you know, trailers. I think they kind of kept that secret, you know, under the radar. Because you get to play with as his daughter. I'm like, oh man, his daughter substituting, you know, him. So I'm like, ah, yeah. I'm the original guy. There's so I got. I was I was so enthralled. I'm like, oh, I got Adam finally, because you know, back in the day, me and my nephew, you know, we would always fight over who could get to be Adam. Fine, I'll be Axel. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's Axel plays. Uh, Adam's the cool guy. Everybody wants to play as Adam. He has that reach, that little cheap turnaround glitch. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I always pass the game with Adam. It was the other guys I had had trouble with. <laughs> Yeah. So I mean, was there anything that disappoints you that about the game? Nothing. Um, there's nothing that hasn't disappointed me. Um, the difficulty level it it goes up little by little depending on what level you go to. If you do it from like you know the first stage all the way like, like mathematically, yeah, like the easy to medium to hard. Um, like it, it ranks up just like how I remember it back in the day. Uh, which I love. Um, so I didn't have any problem with that. The one thing that I do love the most that mm-hmm. I think no other beat em up game back then and even now can boast about is the music. The music Ooh. in this game was like awesome, like crazy awesome. Um, even though, even the games back in uh, the first three games. A lot of it was like stuff that you that um, there. Here's a story if people don't know. So the music composers for the games uh, for the first uh, first three games used to go to the nightclubs all the time. They yeah. used to go to a lot. Of, they used to go to the nightclubs all the time, and then went to work at say uh, the following morning when the clubs were all closed. They just went straight to work. They brought a lot of that music and club the club scene music, the techno, the house, the the European house and French techno and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They brought that into the game series, and we never heard that type of music ever in games before. 
especially to the now iconic and classic soundtrack for the second game, Streets of Rage 2, which is like so iconic, so classic. You can even just play the if you get the vinyl of it, you could play that in a club today and nobody wouldn't know the difference. Um, yeah, they brought in the electro jazz and electro blues style techno to it. Yeah. From the from you know late eighties to early nineties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, and then now we're like, well, you know, it's not bad. <laughs> not everything has it. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I was gonna say, so like when I heard the music for this game, I was like, you know what? This is great. This is really great music. They did bring back um the two creators of the music. But not only that, but they brought a whole lot of guests, uh guest composers. And I'm not talking about like um um one and done cheesy um uh one hit wonder um composers no these are like composers that actually like literally left marks in the gaming industry for what they've done and and everything um for example like let me let me read you the list of of uh, the people who actually worked on this this is just like crazy, like crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, people who worked on this game, the uh, music wise, because it, it, it's just phenomenal. Hold on, let me see. I wonder if this game in Japan when it came out for the PS4 and the Xbox or the, or the Nintendo Switch. Oh, is it, okay. Is it, is it by their um, original Japanese title or Streets of Rage? Oh, yeah, bare Yeah, um, I know in Japan. I know when they release this game in Japan. I know it's um, it's it's called bare knuckle over there. Um, yeah, no, but is it bare knuckle now when it, it's overseas in Japan? Yeah, <laughs> and like just my new stuff. You know, I kind of want that bare knuckle title yeah. screen. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. But you know why they switched to Street to Rage, right? Mm, no, I don't know. Uh, um, it was based on because the the guy who made the game saw an American movie. Pretty much the whole game is based around it. Can, can, can uh. you know the name of that movie? It, it's a spoof of it. That's why it's, 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 a lot of people don't know. No, Streets I don't know. Streets of Fire. Oh. If you watch it, it and the scene with uh, the bar and the building the structures, the brick buildings, mm-hmm. all that, and the nightlife. Yeah, that's where they stole it from. Ah, okay. Classical film. You know, cop John. You know, eighties, you nineties know, cop genre, tough guy kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Or I call it Class B Charles Bronson. Mm-hmm. Pretty okay. Nice. So here's okay. So here's the list. Okay. So the main composer who did this is named Oliver Davari. Um, if he he's famous for having um a lot of great soundtracks that he created for games like Assassin's Creed 4, Black Flag, Supernova, Tetromancer, Vampire, uh, A Plague's Tale, Remember Me. Um, but then here are the people that they brought in a lot of, for the guests. You have uh, Yoko Shim, uh, Shimamori. Sh- uh, no, uh, Shimimura. Um, and she's a legend in the gaming industry for music. For many people who don't know who she is, okay, 
she's the one that created the soundtrack for Street Fighter 2. Not only that, she also went on and did soundtracks for other games, such as Codename Viper, Nemo, King of Dragons, Breath of Fire, The Punisher, Live a Live a Live Front Mission, Super Mario RPG, Tomba Number One, Parasite Eve, and that's just the nineties. Two thousand, she went on to do Kingdom Hearts, um, Luminous Arc Two, uh, the Mario and Luigi um, series, uh, Radiant Historia. Let's see what else. Tetra Battle, Terra Battles, Final Fantasy. So, yeah. So, she's like, she's a big player. Um, they also had uh, Kenji Yamaguchi. And he's the guy who did the music for Tech Mobile, Ninja Gaiden, Super Tech Mobile, um, Oshima Tactics, Tech Mobile Cup Super so- uh, Soccer Game, The Messenger. He did a bonus track on that game. Um, they also had uh, Harumi Fijim, uh, Fujita. She was the she did the music for Ghosts and Goblins, Bionic Commando, Tiger Road, 1943 Kai, Strider, Willow, Gargoyles Quest, Chippendales Rescue Rangers. Um, she did two levels of music for Mega Man 3, Polar, uh, Polestar, Blazing Stars, Tumba. Spider-Saurus. Um, and he also had, uh, let me see, Yuzu, Yuzu Koreshio, um, one half of the team that created the music for the Streets of Rage series. Not only that, but he also did music for uh, Yeast Books 1 and 2, uh, The Return to Ishtar, Shinobi, Mystic, The Revenge of Shinobi, Space Harrier, but he did that for the the Sharp X68 version. Um, Actriser, the game, the, the game Gear version of uh, Shinobi, Sonic, and Sonic the Hedgehog, Super Island Adventure, Island of the Beholder, Batman Returns, mm-hmm. so on. Yeah, so on and so forth. This guy has created like tons of music and even did music for DDR. So, um, not only that, but also you guys, you had uh, his, uh, his partner, in crime with the music, um, Motohiro Kasa Kawashima. He also went on and did works for, um, besides uh, Streets of Rage. He also did Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, Eye of the Beholder for the Mega for the Mega CD version, uh, Group S Challenge, Amazing Island, Dead Heat, Oh Dear, and then you also had um. What was it? Oh, you also, uh, you also had uh, Hideki Nakamura, who, uh, who was originally was supposed to be on the game, and he was the creator. He did the music for Jet Set Radio and Jet Grime Radio, and also uh, the Yakuza series and stuff like that. But um, he couldn't because of a uh, conflict of um, of scheduling of time. So you had a lot of great like legendary composers in the gaming industry that come in and did tracks and stuff like that in this game. And like the music is just phenomenal. It's great. Um, I think one of the best that I've ever heard in a long time for, uh, for like club music and stuff like that. So, so any other things you want to talk about about Streets of Rage 4? 
Nothing much. It's just like this. I'm just happy he's out. It's one of those things where, you know, yeah. when he finally got here, you don't know what to say. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he's happy there. And, you know, the only adage, beggars can't be choosing. But they gave me a reason to beg for the first place. As long as I keep on doing that, I'm okay with it. The question yeah. is, what's next? What's this? Hopefully, the studio will make a, you know, a revamp of what I used to like when I was a kid. The other stuff, you know, maybe a golden axe. I'm not a, a legitimate golden axe <laughs> or something <laughs> like that. Or Ultra Beast, you know, something, something. Or, you know what? If they do a Vector Man or Comic Zone, it's over. They got my money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or do some of them old treasure games on the yeah. Genesis. Or one gym, even. Yeah, or Gunstar Heroes. Oh wow, All right, man! You can name it. No, the the retro, if done correctly and be true to the original form with, you know, modernization upgrades, mm-hmm. it's still good. It's still good, true. Yeah. So basically, yeah. So basically, in other words, like Streets of Rage Four just set that, it set the yeah. bar for those for any games that are going to be doing this in the near future. Yeah, I'm looking at Capcom right now with Mega Man, so I'm looking at their direction. <laughs> <laughs> Just look at Capcom's direction in general and just be like, okay, can you pump out something that's not Street Fighter? Good. I mean, it's Street Fighter's good, but it's not it's not everything you ever did in your life. Right. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Still. Yeah. Sun Goku. <laughs> just <a little> <laughs> old, uh, you know, stuff people never heard of before. Yeah. I'm old. Okay. Accept it. <laughs> okay alright then folks so that's it for the show this week I hope you guys have a great time I hope you guys have enjoyed listening to us and being with us with you for this week um, just remember to stay safe out there wear your, wear your face protective mask and everything wash your hands and you keep your physical distance from one another and I hope you guys have a great week until then on behalf of Omega Kai I am Captain Katz have a great week have a great time see you guys next week until again take care alright stay frosty Stay frosty.